Hey guys, I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative, a boutique brand and web design studio. I'm here to help you learn, up-level, and find community in your design business journey. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm trying something a little bit different where I record my intro of our guest after we have our conversation. Um, I feel like it's just a nice little way to tell you guys a little bit more about what to expect in the episode and also a great opportunity for me to read out the guest's bio and share more about the wonderful person that has joined us today. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to the amazing conversation that I had with Danielle Joseph from Function Creative Co. and Willow Space, which is a brand new CRM that is giving Dipsado and HoneyBook a run for their money. Here's her bio. Danielle Joseph is the visionary founder and creative director at Function Creative Co., designing unforgettable brands and user experiences for clients worldwide. Amidst some of her darkest personal challenges in 2020, she launched Willow Space, a revolutionizing client management software built with design at its core. Empowering designers to elevate their client experiences, her all-in-one client management platform merges functionality with captivating aesthetics. Hailing from Ontario, Canada, Danielle lives a quiet, creative life with her husband and two adorable chihuahua fur babies, Bruce and Penny. She loves making things, and her most ambitious project to date is a work in progress, rebuilding a 1969 Airstream RV. Danielle and I talked all things client experience, Willow Space, what diving into the software world looks like. So without further ado, here we are. So welcome, Danielle, to the podcast. Let's dive right in with some roses and thorns. Perfect. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So what is a rose for you this week? Something good that happened to you in your life or business this week? I would say it's in my life. So I am actually currently going to be renting a cottage with my mom and my grandma, which is so cute. <laughs> and Aww. so that has to be my kind of like full week rose because it's happening for the whole week. Oh, that's so exciting. Are you going to take time yeah. off from work and do like a full week vacation? We have Wi-Fi. We're cut- my mom also works at home. So like, I think mm-hmm. we're going to do some work days, but we'll balance it out because it's on the, it's on the beach, which is like stunning. And so we'll balance oh. some work hours with some walks and things like that. So it's going to be nice. I love that. Oh, I just uh, kind of got back off of a little bit of an extended vacation and we didn't really do any traveling this summer because we moved to an apartment in Jacksonville Beach. So we're right here by the beach and it is amazing how difficult it is for me to not open up my laptop because like Notion calls to me and everything. But then when I actually commit and I, you know, spend, even if it's a couple hours a day and I only did one or two hours of work that day, like my mind is so much clearer. It's crazy how much mental energy it takes for us to even just send emails or not even do like mm-hmm. deep design work. It's uh, it, it really is totally. eye opening after spending a little bit of time away. Yes, how, agreed. How about a thorn for you? What's a thorn from this week? I was thinking about this, and it actually also has to do with the cottage because we were packing up um, some groceries to bring with us to this cottage, and we packed up a bag of pops like just pops to bring and when I opened the trunk to add the rest of it like the whole bag flew out this was yesterday and like like all of them broke I couldn't even ask like I couldn't have asked for like a worse situation with pop spring but anyways they all broke in the parking lot and sprayed absolutely everything that was in the trunk and my myself um so I was like thinking about it I was like that yeah that was not (laughs) not fun being showered in pop 
gosh. And it's all sticky. <laughs> it's sticky. It was actually like a couple of them were sugar. So it wasn't all sugar, but it was, it was everywhere. It was all over the stuff in the trunk. So anyways, oh. we had to go back and like kind of wash up. So that was not fun, but not the worst thing that I could have hey, that's a Hey, that's a pretty good thorn to have. I feel like if that's your thorn, yeah. then like things are going pretty good. I love that. It was like kind of funny. Like if in retrospect, yeah. I think people yeah. watching in the parking lot were probably laughing. Oh my gosh. There've been so many times where I've like publicly embarrassed myself and like in the moment I always feel so awful and then I think back and I'm like yeah they've probably been there too usually you know my kids screaming or something and I'm like "Ah," you know and then it's usually just really you know empathetic parents like I once had a guy in a grocery store while Ryder was riding with me in uh in Target actually he was just screaming his head off just one of those days and this dad who had a kid of the similar age was walking the opposite direction in his cart and he just like thumped on his chest and gave me the peace sign and I was like I needed that so badly right now like so it's it's nice it's nice when there's some kind strangers it is it's it's always worse in your own it's always worse in your own head right like what's going on than what other people are probably thinking about it 100 (laughs) percent So I'll go now. So my rose for this past week is that um, I mentioned this in my last um, episode recording, but my intern has started and I was thinking about doing an internship program for next year. I was like, oh, maybe next year I'll need an intern. But it became apparent very quickly that social media was going to hit a standstill even with my new hire if I didn't have someone else like responsible for some more of those like logo export production design, making graphics out of templates, even just going on the app and posting something like it was too much for me, (laughs) like the day, which sounds kind of crazy, but, um, she's been doing great. She started off with like this giant brand export with like nine different colorways and like 20 different brand elements. And she like properly labeled everything. It was so organized and so communicative. And I was like, Oh, I was worried, like not about her, but like just in bringing an intern on. I mean, because it's mm-hmm. just a more high touch team experience where you're having to, you know, educate them. But of course, yeah, Lauren has been really helpful in educating her and so good. she lives in the same place as Lauren. So um, they're able nice. to, you know, powwow together and do an onboarding meeting and everything. And my SOP library of Loom videos has been very, very helpful. So that has been awesome. Amazing. She's been having a good experience and I'm going to be doing like little mentorship calls with her. And it just, it feels, it feels wild to be in this place in my company where I'm hiring an intern because in so many ways, I still have like this intern mentality that like yeah. everyone else knows yeah. more than me. Like I, I still need to, I, I obviously I'm always going to be learning from people, but it's definitely a pinch me moment and a milestone for sure. So that's a really, really big rose. So good. It's a nice shift. Yeah. 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 Definitely to have that support and, and also to be giving back to a, a design student mm-hmm. and to, you mm-hmm. know, cause she told me like, rarely do opportunities like this pop up for independent boutique studios because they're either mm-hmm. so low or they don't have the time to properly run an internship program. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, when it popped up, I was like, you know, hey, please apply to this because she knew yes. Lauren from from her university and everything. And it, um, it all just kind of fell into place. So it's very, amazing. very grateful for that. A great rose. Um, And then my thorn is that, I mean, we were just talking about this before we hopped on recording, inquiries have just been a little slower recently. I might have mentioned this last Mm -hmm. week, but, um, 
you know, not complaining whatsoever, but um, it always is a little nerve wracking when, you know, I think I had one discovery call last month and she's kind of deciding what she wants. So we're kind of putting Mm -hmm. a really long extension on her proposal. And then, um, which I totally understand, like she's a lot to think through. Um, And I had another discovery call this morning, which is good. Um, So we'll, we'll see how things go. But, you know, in the first half of the year, I was getting maybe like 10 to 12 inquiries a month. And I was booking at least two Mm -hmm. or three new projects every single month. And it definitely like as soon as July 1st hit, like it hit a standstill. And of course my mindset is like, oh, I took a break. Is it because I wasn't showing up? And then it's probably because everyone's on vacation. So everyone's on vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Danielle gave me permission to not spiral. I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, If anyone is experiencing that, um, you know, and when you're newer in business, it feels like the world is crumbling. It feels like Mm -hmm. this is the end, you know, and I've been there. We both have been there. So scary, but you know, hopefully this is helpful and relatable. And I just want to, you know, tell anyone out there who's experiencing a slower season that very normal and it's okay to feel a little nervous, but um, they always end. At least in my experience, they've always ended. It always always comes back around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So agree. All right. That wraps up roses and thorns. Um, And I'm so excited to dive into our conversation today. Um, I know that client experience is a really, really important just selling, you know, USP piece of your company and um, differentiator and a huge reason why you founded your second company, Willow Space. Um, So I would love to kind of start there with client experience. In your opinion, what makes a top level client experience specifically for a boutique brand design studio? Yeah, it's it's such a good question. And I think like we hear a lot about client experience, especially as designers, like it's not some new topic or something new that we've probably thought about. And our minds tend to go to the the structured easy things, like make sure you have proper processes in place and make sure you send proper contracts and you know have automation set up. Like there's certain things that you can do that certainly will help your client experience be up leveled. When it comes to like actually exceptional client experience and what I've learned over kind of the years um, at Function at the design studio is actually like reading between the lines a lot. And it's not that clear cut thing that we're kind of like structuring. It's not necessarily the the automations and the lists and the this and that. And it's more about actually listening to your clients and actually reading between the lines and saying, huh, that client got really caught up on this thing and, you know, took like two weeks longer than they were supposed to, to get that thing back to me. And instead of just being frustrated and being like, you know, ugh, you know, they're not following the timelines and that's easy to do because I I do it too. But it's like reading between the lines and why did they get hung up on that? Why was that a pain point? Why did that cause friction? And like trying to just kind of ebb and flow with um, what client needs are. And unfortunately, and fortunately, clients are all different because humans are different and everybody works differently. So it's really about having this solid balance and understanding that you you've got to have these processes in place for a good client experience, but also you have to have this flexibility and ability to see between the frustrations or like, you know, read between the lines of it and say like, what could I be doing better here to help, even though it's easier for us to brush it off and say like client's fault. They didn't get it back to me on time. What can we be doing as designers to make that step easier? So I think that's like what brings it up to like a, an exceptional client experience and really helps the client in the end. Yeah. I love that you're differentiating between 
just blaming the client for not responding or giving feedback late or messing up a timeline or whatever. And instead looking internally and thinking, okay, like I'm the leader here. The client is looking to me to push the timeline for it. I mean, most of my clients couldn't tell you when their launch dates are. Like they don't know when their things are due. And I have this whole built out like notion database for me and my team that my clients have access to, but they don't look at it. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. you're differentiating that between, you know, the responsibility that we have as designers and leaders to lead, to lead our clients in a way that's going to help push the project forward and ultimately give them the best experience, kind of like a help me help you type of situation rather than you're not doing it right. Or, you know, of course we complain about our client experiences to fellow designers, but um, I think, you know, in you saying that the top level client experience almost comes from a little bit of introspection and a little bit Mm -hmm. of responsibility for, um, the things that go wrong uh, in addition to the things that go right and always looking and evaluating um, how did that particular project go wrong? What can I do next time? Um, And, you know, just kind of off the top of my head, I, I'm wondering how you would recommend to a newer designer who's getting feedback on their process to evaluate whether or not that was a client specific thing or mm-hmm. if that's something that's actually a problem with their process. Because I've had issues with that. I used to use a sauna and I had a client be like, oh, this is so hard. Like, I don't love mm-hmm. this. So I stopped using it and like went to a different platform just because I got yeah. like, one piece of feedback from a client. So how, like, it's kind of hard when you're starting out. So what, yes. what are your thoughts on that? It's it's funny because that's like the world of software that I've somehow landed myself in is, is that yeah. like being reactive to feedback is different than discerning what is going to help your process and what's going to help your client experience. And it's, mm-hmm. it's totally overlapped in my world of, of software and Willow space and just all of the, the UX design I do now too. And that we can't just take like one piece, you know, it's science, right? Like even if we look at science, we can't just take one piece of feedback or input and, and then react to it because then we're just going to be constantly chasing this inevitable thing that we can't catch up to. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we're never going to please everybody. Like that right. should be kind of the first bottom line is that we're never going to be able to please everybody in the way that they are expecting or hoping for. So I think like what you said was important, like getting the feedback is the first step and being able to get enough feedback from people and listen and see if there are ways to get ahead of that before it becomes a a thing that you need to react to is important. So for me, we hear stuff like that too. Like we, part of Willow Space even being born was from this place of um, platforms and like everybody uses something different. Like we can't actually just fit our clients into a specific thing. Some of them want to communicate on email. Some of them want to communicate like communicate on phone, which <laughs> not for me. <laughs> yeah. But no, I you. get it. I get it. I you know it's not for me, but I get it. But some people want to be yeah like Slack or like want to use Teams, and some people want to use Zoom, and like it's just you can't fit everybody into one um, one shape. And I think that's like really key in client processes. So I think it's important to listen and ask for the feedback and do what you can to get ahead of it and say, you know, maybe there are things in your client intake questionnaire that you can start to ask to get a sense of how that client does work and how you can set them up for success. And like I said before, it's not that necessarily one process fits all. You might have to change your processes based on the client needs too, to be able to meet them where they're at um, yeah, one of the things that I started doing that's so simple and like, it was such an aha for me, but like so silly and simple was this year I started putting on my scheduling link, a question that says, do you want video on or off? Um, when we're starting to meet, because like 
so many clients get into that awkward situation where like, I just, I don't want to have my video on, or I do want to have my video on. And you get awkward because you're like, I don't know what they're expecting. Just get ahead of it and be like, do you want your video on or do you want your video off? Do you work better via email or do you work better, better via, you know, messaging systems? Um, and just ask them and like, I really listen to what they have to say. And instead of kind of reacting and changing everything behind the scenes at your studio or as a designer, start to say like, okay, where can I meet them? What am I willing to sacrifice to? It's kind of like a relationship, honestly. Like what am I willing to, um, sacrifice from my processes or how can I show up for them that will meet them where they're at? A hundred percent. I mean, I see that in my studio all the time with clients that request biweekly calls specifically in large, you know, more custom website development projects. And I prefer that too, because I want to check in with them. But I actually just had a client email me the other day and I was so happy to adjust my process for her. She said, Hey, I'm just in a really tough season of life right now with my kids. Would you mind if we just don't do calls in the very beginning of our process and just kind of communicate via email? And I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, thank you so much for telling me that because she had missed a few calls. I was being very understanding, of course. Like I knew that there was, you know, maybe some difficulty going on behind the scenes. And so I was being extremely understanding. And so that's not in my process right now. I'm going to be baking that into my intake questionnaire Mm -hmm. or even like my, Mm -hmm. when they sign the proposal, you know, maybe send them a follow-up. Like, how do you best work? How can I best serve you? Because that's what we do as bespoke brand and web design studios is that we're able to craft very unique experiences for each of our clients. And what a great way to provide value too. I mean, they're not going to get that by hiring someone from Fiverr, you know, or getting an Etsy. And you can press, (laughs) once you're kind of elevating that too and meeting them where they're at, you're able to charge more too. Like, let's just be honest, like that's a better experience for people and they're going to pay for that experience the same way we all pay for better experiences, depending on what we're, we're, you know, paying for as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that leads me to wanting to talk about the inception of Willow Space. You know, obviously Mm -hmm. client experience is a really important part of function, your design studio. Why build your own CRM? How, and then a follow-up question to that would be, how has this impacted your client experience and what type of feedback do you get from your own clients um, and regarding the way that you lead a client through the project? Yeah, I don't think there's too many people that will just dive into software. So it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it came, you know what, it came at a really hard time in my life in 2020. And early 20, sorry, 2019, I my daughter was born and unfortunately she passed away in early 2020. So she passed away. She had a um, heart defect that we didn't know about, but she ended up, you know, having corrective surgery and wasn't supposed to go that way, but ended up uh, suddenly passing away in January of 2020, which as we all can remember, that was also a couple months before wow. pandemic hit. So, oh um, so we were kind of in this really awful dark place and it was really hard because everything suddenly lost meaning for me. Like my business was my focus right before having a, a child and I had been doing it for so long before everything just sort of fell flat. It lost meaning for me. I was just like, I don't want to be doing, I don't know what I want to be doing, but I don't want to be doing anything. And then the pandemic hit and like, in some ways it was a bit of a blessing because we kind of felt like the world went into a little bit of mourning with us. We got to just kind of cocoon, which was honestly in retrospect, like a nice, a nice thing. Um, But yeah, like work, everything just kind of fell to the wayside, which for me was such a huge part of my identity before. So it was hard to figure out what my life was going to look like. So during the pandemic, like just kind of trying to ease into things. It took several months before I went back to work, but I started to ease back into, okay, maybe I can start small again and start to build this up again. My, my lovely, amazing clients all stood by me and like, you know, they were there and, and I didn't lose my entire, you know, business or anything like that. But 
it was nice to ease into things. And then as I started to do that, I was like, listen, I have, my capacity has changed. I've changed at the core of who I am after this, you know, this tragedy and I'm not the same person that I was. And so I was starting to think about how I worked and how I wanted to work and who I wanted to work with and what I had energy for. Cause my energy was just so limited and my capacity was so limited. And so I needed to start thinking about these client processes on a deeper level. And with that came, I'm a little bit of like a processes and systems like nerd to begin with. So like I started to think about how I could systemize things to make it easier for me mentally. Um, while I was in this, like, you know, I'm, you're never out of the grieving period when you lose a child, but like, you know, when you're deep in the roots of it, like, mm-hmm. how can I manage my energy properly and, and do this? So what systems can I have in place? And as I started to like, look at rebuilding those processes, there was just like nothing for me that was like making me feel excited about this anymore. So I thought like, you know, I, one of my clients love them, our software, they have a platform of their own too. They're female founders. Um, and they have built this company bootstrap from scratch. And like, I'm just, I've always admired them and worked with them on, on their brand and their needs too. So I started to talk with them and be like, I can't find anything that's helping me be excited about this. And so they're like, just do it, just do it as for fun for now, you know, like just start building out what, what your perfect scenario would be. And I just started doing that while I was kind of in this isolated COVID pandemic cocoon whirlwind of grief. And it started to make me excited again. And I was like, okay, I can build something that I really do want to use. And I can be in charge here of like what that looks like and how that feels for my clients. And then that's really like how it started to just snowball. Um, And then all of a sudden I just had developers working on it. And I was like, here I am as a software founder. And yeah, it was a, it's an insane story. And like, I can't even, like I said, not for the faint of heart, but I'm happy I've landed where I have. Wow. I mean, and what a story too. I mean, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And it's, it's a testament to the fact that like our businesses are so deeply personal and our life circumstances can change so quickly. And like you said, the core of who you are completely shifted. And Mm -hmm. I know that we have listeners who might be battling mental health struggles, chronic Mm -hmm. pain, loss. Mm -hmm. Like there's so it's, it's impossible to completely detach what we do from our personal lives in the same way that someone who is working at a corporate job or working physically in office is able to come home from that and be able to like mentally detach. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think just the fact that this project was born out of this time period of your life that was just so difficult in so many ways. It's like Mm -hmm. almost a rebirth of something new in the darkness, you know, obviously not that anything could replace what you've lost, but like, I, I feel like the types of projects and companies that I've seen and listened to the founding stories of, I love um, how I built this, which is a podcast about um, startups. (laughs) It's just so good. So inspirational. So many of the most successful companies start that way. So, yeah. and it, and you know that it's, you said it's not for the faint of heart. It's, it's hard, but like the fact that it was born out of true passion and your darkest moment, mm-hmm. like I feel like is, I mean, that's not only a testament to who you are as a founder and as a designer, but also a testament to the viability of the product and the like excitement that really? you had as a systems nerd to, to build yeah. that out. Um, and I'm really excited for our audience to learn more about it. Um, so thanks for Thank sharing yeah. that story. Yeah. So how yeah, how do definitely. you feel like? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. It's definitely it definitely is just uh, 
it's nice to be the, like you said, minimal bio product. Like it's nice to be the person who like uses it in their studio. Like it's nice to be that kind of founder yeah. where you're like, I really do get what, what I needed. Yeah. And you understand the pain points of designers totally. yep. in a way that no other type of software developer would be able to understand. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, compared to the other people out there or the other companies out there doing similar things, Honeybook, Dubsado, 17 Hats, Monday, yep. I haven't seen anything on the market that is craft been crafted specifically for us because we're yes, kind of yeah. a small subset. Obviously, Willow Space is much more widely applicable to people who are not brand new web designers, obviously photographers, other creatives, other people in the, you know, mm-hmm. boutique space can use it. Um, but I think that's something that really excites me about Willow Space and that I'm hopeful that our audience can get excited about as well. Um, yeah. So I'm, you know, kind of the second half of the question, like how do you feel like using Willow Space has impacted the client experience of your studio mm-hmm. in ways that you just really weren't getting from other platforms? I think what's nice about Willow Space and what my what my want was with building it was to have this tool that helped the client experience at Function at my design studio to feel structured and feel solid while also remaining personable and flexible. And I could be in more control of like how that looks and feels like you said, we're designers and Mm -hmm. Willow space was built for designers really. And it Mm -hmm. does apply. We have, you know, we have interior designers, we have photographers, we have other creatives on there too, but we're like a special subset of people, right? Like we care deeply about the visual experiences too, of, of what we're giving our clients. So Willow space is really this blend of like customized, well-designed um, software that also allows for flexibility. So I, it's not set up, you know, we're constantly building in more improvements and automations and things that people need because it, mm-hmm. it's always evolving, but it's not set up in a way that's like very rigid, which is what I was finding in these other platforms. Like I think what we do specifically as designers can be a little bit different, lots of overlap in other industries, but like I mentioned earlier, like we have to be a bit flexible. Like it's really hard to just try and fit any of our clients into one specific process and box and just, you know, we can automate things along the way, but it's, I've found it near impossible to just set up this like automated, fluid, seamless process that just fits I've never the been able to do it with any software I've ever used. No, I, I, you know, no. feel like, oh, people do all of these auto build outs and these like just check it automations. Off and, and I'm yeah. like, I just, I'm like, I'm putting these like stops in the emails and then customizing the email so much that I'm like, why is there even an automation for this? You know what I mean? And that's exactly like a hundred percent what I was doing too. And I tried so hard because, you know, everybody out there is like, set up your systems and make it automated so you can scale. And I tried so hard to like do that with these softwares. And I was doing the exact same thing. I'd be constantly in these CRMs that I was using and stopping the automation, making sure the the contract didn't send out yet because my client was in the back end, you know emailing me and not commenting on the actual contract itself. And they were emailing me about a question. So I had to pause it. And, you know, it was like, okay, as soon as the client signs it, send them this, but then they'd sign it and then be like, wait, I have to send the invoice next week because of X, Y, Z. And like constantly just trying to personalize it. And it was more draining. It was taking me more time than actually just manually managing this process. So that's been the biggest impact with using Willow Space at Function now is like, I've got this tool Number one, it's it's nice to be the the founder and be able to like be in control of like, okay, hey developers, we actually do want to build out, you know, these things in it or this XYZ. But I have this tool now that I can use that is this great blend and balance of like automation, but also flexibility. And that's like been the key for me. 
I love that so much. And I'm sure your clients can feel the difference, you know, like I, I yes, sparingly yeah. use canned emails. I always, I'm custom, catch me customizing all my canned yeah. emails, which, you know, like is yeah. the kind of the opposite of what you're supposed to do with a canned email. Um, but I feel like another thing that makes Willow Space really unique from just the market that I've seen is it's beautiful. Like it, it actually, you know, looks like, like my branding, you know, it looks like something that yeah. it, like, it reminds me of notion, you know? And like, I'm, I'm yeah. constantly saying like the minute that notion is able to do invoicing proposals, you know, contracts, mm-hmm. you know, is going to be the day, you know, like that I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm waiting for that, you know? And so like, I, I'm, I'm encouraging, you know, people who have been not as happy with the, the aesthetics, particularly of a, you know, platform called Dubsado, which you know, I was, yeah. was going to say was going to remain nameless, but you know, they're never they'll know anyways. Um, it's fine. Um, and you know, even with, with HoneyBook, which is what I use now, like they're, they just rebranded and everything. They're kind of trying yeah. to move away from this like cutesy vibe into something that's just more, I don't know, it just feels a little corporate to me. And that's just like not my vibe, yeah. you know what I mean? And so even, you know, building proposals and stuff, it's like, I feel like everything that I've used so far has just been not quite there, you know, and I feel mm-hmm. like Willow Space like has has that like it factor to be like, okay, like mm-hmm. the aesthetics that we all value so much as designers, like that's been built mm-hmm. into the software from the from the get-go, which I think is another thing that yeah. makes you guys really unique. And clients will notice, you know, clients will clients notice. Do notice yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like cringe when I would send off my like contracts and stuff, you know, like I would I like in my other in my like other Ariel, like Ariel, we can do better than this. Like, you know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Um, <laughs> I mean, especially when you're comparing, you know, a client is getting multiple different proposals. It's like, mm-hmm. that's your moneymaker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really curious about how you utilize Willow Space within function as, you know, if you're putting on your boutique brand and web design studio owner hat, um, if you could walk us through like your client process, you know, just mm-hmm. an overview of that and like how things have kind of changed and shifted ever since you started using Willow Space to uplevel your experience. I, you know, always mm-hmm. love when people kind of pull back the curtain and say, okay, Perfect. this is the first yeah, step and then this is what happens and this is how I track things, how I keep things organized. Like go ahead and go full totally. nerd on us. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> okay. I'll try, I'll try not to like rant for the next hour, but I'll do this quick. <laughs> but I also like, am I love when other designers like sh- it's my favorite thing ever to share yeah. process. But um, yeah, so basically in using Willow Space. So I like to say at the studio, we use Willow Space as our external client management tool. So we use Willow Space as our external kind of like forward facing tool for our client experience. And then I use actually right now ClickUp. I've been using that for a while for like managing project management. So like that's on my end. And I don't actually invite clients to that because I, I've realized in the same way you were saying with Asana, like it's just, it's too overwhelming you, for it's the most too much. part for them. <laughs> Unless they, you're a big yeah, agency really and you have like 10 team members and you totally. need to be like having clients yeah. in there. Like I feel like there's a time and a place, but yeah, I've, I've definitely there is. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. It's hard to get them. It's hard to get it to stick. So like, there's just been, yeah, I've tried all the things. So with a function, we use Willow space as like the first kind of onboarding and then some project management in between and then the offboarding. So we use like a lead capture form on our website now that is built in through Willow Space to capture our leads. That has been really critical and like so nice to track. It one of the most underrated features in Willow Space is the reporting. And I keep telling people who use it, like it's it is really like by survey, we know one of the most underused features, but it is like one of the things I use most often because you can see 
so many things like your lead conversions, like how many people are filling in the form and then how many people are actually becoming a client. So like we use that for all of our insights for our sales process. Um, and so lead capture kind of comes in, there's automation built into Willow space where we then will send out an automated email that includes our lookbook. So instead of like bombarding people on the website with like the nitty gritty details of what people who want to work with us want to know, we send them a lookbook that kind of goes through all of our services and our breakdown of our process and the team and like what they can expect for project investment. Um, so we've got an automated email that goes out to inquiries that will say like, have a look through this to make sure we're a good fit for you. And then in that lookbook is where they can actually schedule a, a consultation call. So then they'll be able to use our Willow Space scheduler link to book a call with us. So there's a scheduler in there too that you we use to just kind of streamline all of our booking. Um, we like to like block off, like we were talking about before, I call like block off days that we do certain calls. Um, so yeah, we use the automation there and then they book a consultation with us. We'll get to know them and make sure it's a good fit. And then that's when we send the proposal. So that's like the proposal phase of our process. So once we've actually gotten them through a few steps and know that they're pretty committed to seeing this through, we will send them a proposal. Of course, that's usually a template that we're building. Again, this is one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to make proposal templates that I'll just reuse and it will take me five minutes to change them. I have not yet been able to find a way to spend <laughs> no time customizing. Me like too. I have to customize. Me <laughs> like, too. I don't know. If people have secrets out there. Maybe they'll share them, but um, we use templates, which saves us a ton of time, but we all, we do want to go in and customize things because we're not putting like a one-step fits all approach to our projects. And so, yeah, we'll send off a proposal. They will be able to, you know, there's like deadlines in there and automated reminders you can set up to make sure that they don't kind of just ghost you, which is, you know, one of our least favorite things to have happen once you've spent so much time with them. Um, but yeah, they'll have automated reminders and due dates. They're able to accept. And one of the other things I love in Willow Space that we've um, had some insight for is that they also can decline a proposal and provide a reason, which again, insight, knowledge is key. Education is power. You can get so many, you should get so many tidbits along the way as you can from, from these people, leads or clients. So they can accept um, and then they become a client. So from there on out. So from then on, we'll do a client intake form. That's where we have some really interesting questions that we've ebbed and flowed with over the years of like, like I said, do you want your video on during our calls? Do you want your video off? Do you prefer to communicate through email or Slack? Um, just like trying to fit without overwhelming them, trying to fit as much information in there as you can to get a sense of who they are. Uh, if they have any like upcoming time, they're going to be taking off. Um, oh yeah. Like that's something I just started asking people because they would yeah, just like, be gone for two weeks and yeah. they're like, Oh, sorry. I was in Costa Rica. And I was like, Oh great. You're like, okay. We didn't know that before. Yeah. yeah. So just like understanding, yeah. What their upcoming schedule and commitment level is going to be like, um, is really key. So just making sure that that client intake form is done well. Um, and so once we get all that information, we'll put together the actual contract, which is different from the proposal. And get the, you know, the legal jargon out of the way, get them to sign off on that and sending any deposit invoices and, and things that we need to get for them for, for admin. So we'll get that all set up as like our onboarding. Um, and then there is some some project management in Willow Space we'll use too, where you can have tasks and they have the client portal, which I find is uh, a much easier way to manage instead of getting them to create like an Asana account or something. It was really important to me with Willow Space to make sure that the client didn't have to create an, like, an account and have this like friction in this thing they just they basically have a portal link that if they choose to follow along they can and if they don't they don't have to because it's kind of like that flexibility again i love that um which is yeah it's been so important because there's some clients who absolutely love it and there's some clients who will never look at it again mm -hmm. so it's important to kind of have 
the structure set up for both. So yeah, we'll do that. We'll manage kind of the project. There's milestones so the client can keep track of like the progress through the project and see how complete they are. Um, so visually it's just represented that way that helps people see like where we are in the project. And once we get through all of that, we'll go through offboarding. And so once we wrap up a project, we will start to wind down. And some of our favorite offboarding things are just to make sure that we're acknowledging the work that the client has done as well on their part. So it's it's really about like making sure that they know that they had a big role to play here too. We always will send off like some kind of thank you or like a card if we have their, you know, some kind of thank you just to make sure that they're really feeling like excited about finishing a project, you know, and re kind of affirming that this was a big deal for, for them too. Um, and so doing that. And then one of the things I started doing a few years back, which has been so helpful is making sure that about a week or two after the project ends, we send out a, a survey that will ask them some very specific questions about the process. And this is kind of like where I also put my like read between the lines hat on. And I'm like, trying to ask them questions that aren't, it's not tricking them. It's just like trying to ask them questions about what they found the hardest part of the process or what they found um, the least enjoyable and the most enjoyable. And then trying to just kind of read between the lines too with that to see what we can be doing to make it better. So that's kind of like in a nutshell, we'll set up like a bunch of like follow-up things and keep them on our radar for like design days or ongoing support. But that's kind of like the the summary of it. <laughs> I love that. And I, I especially love that you do kind of like a, almost like a process like testimonial at the end. I feel like ever since I started my business, I've just always been like so nervous to ask clients feedback on not mm -hmm. necessarily my work, but the way that I handled the process because I feel like it's something that designers are just not as confident in. And yeah, we talk about our process. Everyone works on their process. Like what's your process? People take courses, people pay tens of thousands of dollars to like get a good process. But I mean, I mm -hmm. feel like your process sounds very similar to mine. You guys can actually go back and listen to another episode, I believe in season seven about like our updated processes. Um, and you know, it doesn't have to be complex, but I love the customization that you have for each client. And it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode is like, you know, elevating that experience for your clients so that they feel so well taken care of. I mean, mm -hmm. I like things custom to me. Like if someone asked me, oh, how do you prefer to communicate? I'd be like, wow, they they care about that, but that's like, that's a mm -hmm. really, really like elevated experience. So, um, totally. just having a place to house all of that and know yeah. that where things need to be automated, they're automated, but where things can be customized, it's easy for you and your team to go in and customize. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. love. Thanks for mm -hmm. walking me through that. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, so as we wrap up, just because I have another call, which I yes. wish we could just keep talking. Um, that's like, <laughs> I'm experimenting with some new scheduling things. Um, so we are going to skip our inbox question for today, but before mm -hmm. we go into where people can find you and how they can learn more about Willow Space, what do you feel like is one thing that designers can switch up in their current client experience that you think has the most impact? I think the most impact that or the biggest shift in client processes and the client experience that I've had has been in that that like follow-up questionnaire at the end of the project and so I think like if, if there's designers listening today they're like what's something I could start doing right now to like really elevate my client experience it sounds really scary because like you just said it we don't I'm also terrified whenever I send these these surveys like I don't think it's okay, like that makes me feel I'm better. also terrified <laughs> no I, I it's like my least favorite thing to do but I think it's the most important thing to do um and so I would say like 
if there's one thing that can be like most shifting for people in their client experience is like ask, even if you're not working on a current project, like maybe go back and put together a survey for your, some of your like top clients. And, and if there are clients that you're like, oh, they're going to really hurt my feelings. Like don't put yourself in a position where you're going to be like sabotaging yourself. I selectively do not send out yes. requests to yes, certain clients. I do, <laughs> I do this I'm too. Saying. Like I filter too. I think that's normal. Like you can be selective, but I would say like, you know, if you are not currently actively working on a project that you can do this with, then go back to some of your other clients and maybe put together a survey that's like just not about your work, but about your processes and about like specifically what they found most enjoyable about working with you and then what they found the hardest working through the project. So maybe not even making it about you, like really what was the hardest part for you during this project or where did you find you had the most difficulty? And starting to understand that because I think that's like where the magic is in bringing your client experience to life. And it's, it's, you know, we can do little things along the way, like send thank you cards and we can do little great things along the way, like send weekly project outlines and, and summaries. Um, but I think like the shift happens and like, you can start to make real impact when you're actually being able to self-reflect and take that scary jump and say, okay, what could I be doing better here? Um, and that's like probably the most impactful thing to do right now. And I think that makes you a better leader too. Mm -hmm. It's like, like we're talking about that introspective, how can I be better? How can I better serve Mm -hmm. for your clients, for your team too? I'm, I do a little survey at the end of every single month for both Lauren and for my intern asking me what was most helpful that I did for you? What is something Mm -hmm. that I'm doing that's making it harder for you to do your job? What do you wish I was doing? You know, like just things like that. And so I feel like I can probably take that and it'll feel scary, but ask my clients the same thing. It's scary. It's really scary, but it's also where growth happens, I think, and like where we can start to get out of our comfort zone. A hundred percent. Well, I'm so excited to share with our listeners about the fact that Willow Space and Danielle have been kind enough to give you guys a free whole month trial using the code BETTERBRAND. That is all one word, BETTERBRAND. So that you guys can get set up with the program, get to know the platform um, before having to pay for it. So completely free one month trial for anyone who's curious about up-leveling their systems, up-leveling their pricing, exploring a new software, which is something that I am very passionate about as well. Fun, yeah. Um, really excited for you guys to dip your toes in. Um, and you can find Danielle at on Instagram at HelloFunction. Um, and you can find Willowspace at willowspace.co on Instagram and then hellofunction.com and willowspace.co um, on the web. Anything else? Um, any other places that people can find you or places that you like to yes. interact with people most? That's the most, that's the most active places, but okay. we're also like, if, if there's any questions, like pe- just people can know that again, we're behind the screen of the software. So like, mm-hmm. if you're trying things, there's a chat, if you're trying things, you'll get real us humans, um, answering. And so they can always the also best. just reach out on email or chat. Yeah. Customer service is everything. Um, and yes. you know, where you guys are really shining is the fact that you are small and you know, it is niche and you know, I'm not going to be talking to the founder of HoneyBook anytime soon, you know, and their chat has gone slower (laughs) over the years. Same with, same with show it. I, I I do love show it, but they are growing. And so their chat has gone a little bit slower, but I I still love them. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Um, We are going to skip our English question for the day, but um, yeah, I'm really excited for you guys to check Willow Space out and um, just really appreciate you 
opening up and sharing your story with us. And um, I feel like there's so much more that we could dive into, but um, (laughs) thank you for, you know, sharing all about client experience today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jen. Of course. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode, leave a review, join our free Facebook community, and share the pod with your designer friends so that they can join the fun. Give me a shout on Instagram at betterpodcast if you want to submit an inbox question and visit the pod at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more and snag discounts on my favorite resources. See you next week.